Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey guys, we're back for another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. Hi, I'm Tom. We're also upbeat this week. That's good. We are, and I'm about to bring it down now by saying right before we hopped on the show, <laughs> there was some breaking news that George Seagal, who played the grandfather on the Goldbergs, passed away this evening. That's very sad. 87 years old. Very sad. He was a funny character. He was a good actor. Yeah. You imagine doing funny content like that when you're 87 years old. Talk about I a mean, successful career. I mean, look at people like, like Dick Van Dyke and Mel Brooks. Like a bunch of them are still kicking yeah. and still hilarious. Absolutely. When we get to those Christmas episodes, I don't even know if they have any. Do they? Dick Van Dyke? Um, no. Remember the Goldbergs? Goldbergs. Uh, not remember the Goldbergs. I think they actually do have one. If not, they have a Hanukkah one. We could always get April on for Patreon. Oh, that's a good idea. So it won't be the last time we talk about him then, which is good. How was your week, guys? I think I had a good week. I don't know. They're starting to run together. They are. We have a project at work and it just makes it to where it just feels like the work week doesn't end. So (sighs) I'm looking forward to Easter. I've started building my Easter menu, actually, and I bought some Easter eggs that we will fill with a bunch of chocolate and hide for the however many great grandkids coming. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> Celebrate cool. for Easter. That'll be fun. What, what else you? is on your menu? What's on your menu so far? Well, so far, ham. I'm going to make a ham. That's right, as usual. <laughs> and then we make um, this cream corn spoon bread from... Uh, Chip and Joanna's cookbook. That's delightful. If you like cream corn, Um, somebody will make green bean casserole. You like cream corn, Anthony? I don't. Oh man. But green bean casserole, I like. Yep. Somebody's going to make that. Yep. We'll have mashed potatoes and we'll have rolls and I'm going to make banana pudding and chocolate chip cookie bars and Uh, cherry cheesecake. You are welcome to come. Are you oh, serious? Yeah, I'm absolutely serious. If I find if I find cheap tickets to Oklahoma that weekend, can I? You can come off? for Easter. Absolutely. Be a whole mess of kids. No, I'm. You are always welcome. <laughs> and your sweet <laughs> little puppy. Sweet Thank little you. Larry can come too. We had puppy kindergarten tonight. <gasps> How did that go? Good. It was his first group session, so it went well. Was he worn out? He was worn out. As much as I thought. <laughs> or that's the best thing about taking a dog to training is when they're done, they're they like, come back exhausted. sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Well, Sarah, on the, now that's getting nice on the weekends, she is taking him for like long, long walks. So by the time he comes home, he passes out for like hours at a time. And it's oh, like, buddy, it is long. I, I love the dude, but he is a lot of work. I've mentioned, I've mentioned, <laughs> I've mentioned before, I've always had like dogs two years and up, so they were already trained and housebroken and well behaved. But this dude, you know, starting from scratch and. That's why I think that's why God made puppies cute because every time they do something to anger you or test your patience, which is a lot, yeah. they look at you with those eyes and it's like, how can you stand that? Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's part of the design, has to be. It's also why babies are cute. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like yep. that's baby anything. It's cute. If you look at yes. pictures of baby, any type of baby, any species, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> part of the design. And y'all, I just want to say, we have the best listeners in the world. I got, yeah, I do. I'm not going to say who, because I don't want, you know, to, I don't know if you'd want to it put out there, but one of our listeners knew I was struggling mental health wise and mm-hmm. put together this amazing like care package for me and wrote me like the longest note saying how much, you know, tis the podcast has helped them and so many others. And it's a hard time for everyone with COVID and we're with you and things like that. And I just, it was the nicest, nicest thing. So that is so kind. And he said he was going to send something for Larry too, but he knows he's a puppy and knows he's in a routine now. So he didn't want to ruin the routine. And it was oh so my nice. Goodness. Right. Because these are the humans that are the best humans. The ones mm-hmm. that don't have perfect Anthony? lives and that have, yeah, Anthony, Thank you, I don't Julia. Know. I just, hard, I, that's so nice. Hard pass. We say it a oh. lot, but we do have the best listener. We truly do have the best listeners. I love it was community. nice of, of undisclosed listener, wasn't it? It was. So nice. Thank you, undisclosed listener. You know who you are, and we do too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom, was your week bad because of the lap harp? No, that's very cathartic uh, for me, actually. You know what I hate, y'all? What do you hate? Toxic fandom. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a fair amount of that this week, huh? Are no, there is. All of and the we... unnecessary hate for the Zack Snyder cut. Yes. And you know what? If you don't like something, don't get on other people's cases for liking it. Uh, Anthony, we can't really say anything about that. We do. But that we're too. a review podcast. If just in conversation, I'm not making fun of anybody for liking certain movies. I do. I harass people, so I can't. I can't. But, I but the thing is, like, we live in an age right? Where there are like 10 comic book movies a year, and like five different comic book TV shows. There is something for everybody. You do not have to like everything. What are you talking about, by the way? You shouldn't, just (laughs) the internet in general. And like, you don't have to like everything. You do not own these characters. (laughs) Like you, you they belong to everyone. Huh? Did you see what I retweeted? No. Michael Keaton is the best Tim Burton Batman. Christian Bale is the best uh, Nolan back Batman. Affleck yeah. is the best Snyder Batman. And like, can't we just respect them and appreciate them for what they do? Although we are lucky enough to have had Adam West, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Chris Nolan, and Ben Affleck as Batman. He can be adapted in a million different ways. All of mm-hmm. these heroes can. There have been, these comic book characters have been around for almost a century now, and they've been portrayed every which way. Mm-hmm. If you don't like a certain way, that's fine. For people who don't like Ben Affleck's Batman, go back and watch Michael Keaton's. If you don't like Henry Cavill's Superman, go back and watch Christopher Reeves. 
go back and watch Linda Carter if you don't like Gal Gadot. Like not Do everything not like has Gal Gadot? to. Who doesn't like Gal Gadot? Who doesn't like Gal Gadot? Nobody. But but that but do you see what I'm saying? There doesn't have to yes, be for I everyone, totally see it. right? It's just, it's just it, I just don't get it. Like I saw somebody, I think somebody put it best on Twitter, paraphrasing here. It's something like geeks are their own worst enemies, right? Mm-hmm. We went to being bullied in school, and now we're the kings of pop because everyone likes our stuff. We're the kings and queens, and now we're infighting because it's not to our ability. 20 years ago, none of us could have dreamed we'd be living in this oasis of material. <laughs> and yeah, here, 20 years ago, when people were begging for Star Wars sequels, and then we got them, oh, they're not good enough. It's not just DC and Marvel, it's Star Wars, it's every geeky freaking thing, and it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. But it's The Hobbit, too. I mean, we gotta, The Hobbit at least deserves the hate it gets, right? Don't watch it. I, I agree with you, by the way. But I'm saying there are people out there who like, there are people out there who like those movies, and good for you. Good for you. Read, I'm glad you read like the them. books. Do they not read the books? <laughs> I'm sorry, but Lee Pace on a moose dressed up like an elf man that's gorgeous is okay with me any day of the week and twice on Sundays. But why are the elves, why are the- It doesn't matter. The trolls, he was riding a why moose. Did they make the, why did they make the trolls attractive? I just don't but, get it. But, regard, regarding, but regarding like the Snyder Cut this week, and this is all I'm going to say. Yes, it wasn't a like the prime Justice League that many people associate with the comics, but- there are comic depictions, like there are comic sources for every single thing in that movie and every single depiction. Just like Marvel went the route where Tony Stark is an alcoholic. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But if you went by the source material, the most common portrayal, he's a raging alcoholic. Hank Pym is a wife beater. He's like, like these things can change and be adapted and you're not always going to get the, your ideal version of a character. You know what I mean? Like there there are millions of iterations and just because some people like it, some people don't. It's like everything. No one, every single piece of art, music, TV, movies, art itself is subjective. Not everyone's going to like it. Lots of people are going to hate it. Don't (laughs) on what other people like. You don't like it. That's fine. Yeah. That's how I try and live my life. That's what I'm getting off my high horse now. And that's just on the internet in general. No one personally, I know a lot of our friends didn't like it and that's fine. And we're already setting up a Patreon episode to debate it where me and Tom can tell you why you're wrong, but (laughs) no, but seriously. And that's the thing too. If you're going to debate, be respectful. Yeah. But man, sometimes the internet is such a toxic place and fandom in general is toxic. When is it not? When is the internet not toxic? I mean, let's just be honest. No, I know. I know it's just awful. The internet. There is. Lots. But I'm speaking directly now to anyone who we may reach. Don't be. So did you like it? I'm just curious now, Tom, did you like it? I haven't watched it yet. I, I like what I've seen a whole lot. I really do. Yeah. yeah. I've been really impressed. Um, I like seeing a lot more of Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah. He's just, he's my Batman. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm sorry, not sorry. I like seeing a lot more of Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Oh, but see, Alfred's one of those things you never They've really never heard going wrong. wrong with. They always yeah. get Alfred is nailed every time. 
We, yeah, uh, when, when we were talking to <laughs> that group earlier about uh, setting up those Patreon episodes, I was like, man, it's rare when me and Tom are on the same side against everyone else. <laughs> That's why I had to ask, because I wasn't sure if I was reading that correctly, and I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, me and Tom agree? have very similar sensibilities when it comes to comics and comic yes, movies. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's true. Very true. But speaking of DC, Helen Mirren was just cast as a villain in the next Shazam movie. How cool is that? Oh my gosh, that's magnificent. She's playing the daughter of Atlas, the god Atlas. So. <gasps> I mean, Helen Mirren, anytime. For yeah. in whatever role. I don't even Helen care. Helen Mirren in what's like a campy action comedy superhero yeah. movie. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be awesome. Oh man, that's masterful. Speaking but of I'm masterful. Also excited. Yep, about what we're talking about. That's on the opposite, absolute opposite end from any comic talk ever on the planet would be Home Improvement. I'm sure um, you can find toxic fandom on the internet if you look, because there's fa- toxic fandom for every single thing. Very true. That's very true. Um, so tonight we are talking about the next batch of three Christmas episodes that Home Improvement did. So. If you have not listened to our first home improvement installation from a few weeks ago, go ahead and stop here. Go back, listen to that episode because we are not going to go back through cast and credits in this one. Just for a little peek behind the curtain as to why. So I think it was last year. I forget which episode it was, but Julia had said we need to start splitting up the tv shows like into more manageable doses because we did the office all at once friends all at once like all these Mm -hmm. shows that had like seven eight nine (laughs) christmas episodes and for shows that we love it goes by like that obviously but there are some we don't know as well don't love as much and it can be a long night so she was like we need to start splitting them up so when we were doing the schedule this year i'm a completionist so i'm like well i don't want to just do the episodes of home improvement and then push it off a year so i just did every mm-hmm. other week until we got through yeah it still bugs me we couldn't do all the simpsons but they're just like that would take a whole year even if splitting them up so <laughs> <laughs> pretty close to it right yeah this <laughs> will be sprinkled throughout Yep. So if you're back for the second installation, then welcome back. Hope you like the first episode. And um, we're picking up this time with season three that had two Christmas episodes in it, which I don't know how many more seasons have multiple, but they had a few seasons where they had next year. A few, yeah. Christmas episodes in one season. Next, That's a next nice week. Effect. I think it's the final season had two. Well, this one is season three, episode 12. Twas the blight before Christmas. Anthony, you want to give us the plot synopsis for this episode? Sure. Tim tries to beat Doc Johnson in the neighborhood Christmas light contest, but Randy is leaking information to Doc's granddaughter, whom he has a crush on. Meanwhile, Brad wants to go skiing with Tom Wheeler's family on Christmas instead of spending it with his family, much to Jill's disappointment. Um, do y'all have histories with this episode that you remember? I didn't remember so this long one. ago. You didn't at all? I don't remember this one, one, but at the same time, felt very familiar because, again, this one had a lot of tropes we see in other comedies, including there's always that episode where the kid gets old enough to want to spend a certain holiday or special occasion on his own, much to the parents' sadness, disappointment, ire. That would be this one. Yeah. So... In our standard home improvement formula, we start off with a little Benford Tools bit from the actual show Tool Time. Um, And it is 
stocking stuffers gag where <laughs> they're talking about Benford stocking stuffers. One of them's a propane. You can fit it in your pocket propane blowtorch, which was actually pretty darn cool. And Marty, I have have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a few other tools, but that's the cute little gag at the front. They have a nice little Christmas graphic that zoops you out of that, that part of the episode and into what would be the commercial break. Right away. Yeah. This was fun opening and it looked very festive at the beginning. He was wearing a green suit with a hat, Santa hat. Al was wearing red and green plaid with a Santa hat. Um, What's the assistant's name? Holly. Heidi. Heidi is wearing a red shirt or, you know, tight red shirt with a green a short green skirt and a green elf hat because that's her point on the show she is a sex appeal on tool time but it looked very festive it looked it very look very festive. festive and again i like the christmas graphic that takes us to the commercial break those are always fun <laughs> um then we have our tim bit bit of funniness which in these Christmas episodes always tend to be the great light fight with Dr. Johnson, the proctologist across the street. Um, it is Christmas Eve. They are inexplicably decorating the house again for again for they're decorating it on Christmas Eve, which is just, I don't understand that, especially as big as Tim goes like the night before anybody else catch when he rolled that, um, snowman out. Did anybody else get a little Christmas with the cranks? Yep. Yep. Twinkle in their eye, frosty. which I thought was funny. Yep. <laughs> yep. Frosty. So that's our side thing with Tim is he keeps coming up with these great ideas for decorations only to find out as he's putting them out. Oh my gosh, Dr. Johnson, just put one out exactly like that. The three wise men. I can't believe it. Um, Turns out Randy has been slipping some information to <laughs> the doctor's granddaughter, who he thinks is super cute. I, and, I like that because that's totally yeah. something a teenage boy would do. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> so that was kind of, and Tim's a little irritated when he finds out, but you know, it's a not our serious plot line by any stretch no. of the imagination for this show. It's a little side one. <laughs> I'm sorry. There is when we get to it. I'm, we're not there yet. It'll be when you're explaining this plot line. There is a quote that reminded me so much of Tom. That I need oh, to Tom. make sure to read it. Tom, when we, when we get to it. Uh, yeah, the when Al's talk about his first Christmas oh, rebellion. Yep. <laughs> That's totally. <laughs> <you. That's> <laughs> so our serious plot line is Brad and his parents mostly. So. Brad comes in and he's like, hey, coolest thing ever. My friend invited me to go skiing. I'm super excited. And like Tim's like, oh, that's a great place to ski. And Jill's like, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. You know, when is it? We shouldn't have anything going on as long as it's not this weekend. Her, 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 because it's Christmas. It's Christmas like the next but day. Of course it like, is. Well, yeah, it actually is over Christmas. And she's a hard no. And dad is a hard no. And he gets all in a stink about it. You know, why can't I go with all of my friends and ski for Christmas? And of course the what answer kind of is parent, what kind yeah, of parent family. is going to throw that out there for kids? Yeah. To take some kid away from their family at Christmas time. Yeah. That's yeah. Mm. That's crummy. Question that's a that. word for it. Um, <laughs> so Brad spends the rest of the episode upset because he just wanted to hang out with his friends and he gets like some serious attitude about it. Right. So it comes time, 
Yeah. It comes time to go to Christmas Eve service as a family, like they do every year. And he comes down, not dressed in a suit like Mark and Randy, but regular old clothes. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going. If you don't let me go skiing, I'm definitely not going to go to church. And this makes Jill very upset, both angry and hurt at the same time. And Tim is just angry. So they pack up and head to church for Christmas Eve service. And Jill's really affected by it. She's like, I mean, it's Christmas. You're supposed to be with family. Even Al's here. Even Wilson was in the back pew with the hymnal up over his face. <laughs> over his eyes, over his nose. Uh-huh. Um, but Brad's not there. So her family is just not complete. And Tim notices, obviously, asks her how she's doing. She says it's really bothering her. And so he takes off without her knowing to try and get Brad to come to church. And they have a little heart to heart on the couch and they both end up showing back up to church just in time to pull their candles or their pocket blowtorch propane, <laughs> propane blowtorches. Parking back to the beginning of the episode. That's right. For little candlelight service. And it's very sweet. And Mark is the N in Noel, which is the no, other. But they stand Leon. Leon First, they're Leon, which did make me very happy. Thought and Al's Leon. like, who's Leon? And who's Randy's Leon? like, maybe Leon was born in the manger next door. <laughs> 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 which I'm bookmarking that quote to introduce our Leon Day episode. <laughs> this there you year go. With that. That's a great idea. <laughs> um, but I do have to say, I, I I loved this episode. This one was very Christmassy to me. Yeah. It's all about the Christmas spirit. It, it was dazzled with the decorations and the atmosphere. I loved yes. this one. I did too. I absolutely loved everything this one about it. Christmas. That church felt so Christmassy at the end. Yeah, it, it did. did. It had the tree right there, and yeah, Speaking it was trees. I loved it. I have to read this quote real quick, and I'm sorry to jump right to quotes, but it reminded me no. so much of Tom. And it's when Al and Tim and Jill are talking about Brad <laughs> rebelling against the parents. Al's talking about his first Christmas rebellion. And he says, I remember my first Christmas rebellion. I was so mad. My parents went out and bought an artificial tree. The whole Christmas, I refused to sing O Tannenbaum. <laughs> and that's something <laughs> Tom would absolutely do. 100%. I don't have time for that. <laughs> and Tim's like, oh my, you are a bad, bad Borland. And then he notices Jill's upset and he's like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. It was a long time ago. And Tim's like, I meant, are you okay? <laughs> he says to Jill. <laughs> I love that so much. You know what my big takeaway from all of this was? What? But there is a really in-depth home improvement fan wiki, fandom wiki. Is there? Oh, man. There's a fandom wiki for everything. And a lot of them are really in-depth. They're so in-depth. And I just, I can't can't believe it. (laughs) So one of my favorite quotes in the episode is when um, Al shows up at church and he goes, I'll just take a pew behind you. And Tim goes, most people use the bathroom, Al. (laughs) That really... <laughs> well, and then Tim conf- Tim carries that joke on later when Jill asks where he's going, and Tim's like to the little boys' room to take a pew. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Oh, <laughs> I, I like what Tim was like. 
That's our favorite Christmas carol, the little engine boy. Vroom, 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 vroom. <laughs> I don't have any quotes. I have tons. <laughs> Al says, I saw Mark one. in his little robe. Boy, I always wanted to be the letter N. And Tim says, that's impossible, Al. The song specifically says, no, Al. No, Al. No, Al. No, Al. No, Al. <laughs> When Tim is convincing Brad, he's got to go to church and Brad's giving him lip. He goes, why do I have to go? And he goes, because God said, come and worship, not go and slalom. (laughs) Our little Wilson moment was nice. He talks about um, a Swedish tradition of the tree with the grain so that the um, birds can eat during the winter. Yeah. And then I love when Tim's insulting the judges for the Christmas decoration decorating contest. And Wilson's like, there's only one this year, Tim. Yeah, who? Me. Did I say stupid? I meant stupendous. <laughs> I like when Tim's talking to Joe and he says, you lied in church on Christmas Eve. Watch out for those lightning bolts. God doesn't like that stuff. And Jill's like, at least I'm not begging the almighty for two touchdowns and a field goal. <laughs> And I have one more too. And Jill's talking about the family is always together at Christmas. We hang our stockings together. We talk to relatives on the phone. You have your new saxophone so you can play along while we sing carols. And I'm going to make Nana's special oyster pecan stuffing. And Tim's like, Ugh, do you suppose there's room for one more skier in that car? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did love this one. This is another one like that first one we covered a few weeks ago that it's just so full of atmosphere i can picture just watching it with all the lights off except the christmas tree lights and it's feeling right at home in my mm-hmm. christmas canon i agree yes. i would watch this one so over and over again christmas so then let's rank it tom what do you give it i'm gonna go and give it a 9.5 oh, no nope, nice. let's go to 10 it had that Christmas feel. It had the real meaning of Christmas. It had the family coming together. It had the the beautiful candlelight church. Yeah, let's go to 10. Pretty perfect. It's a 10 for me also. It's a 10 for me as well. Look at that. Unanimous. Perfect episode. Out of the park, y'all. Out of the park. You know what would be cool? I wish there was a way to make like a video playlist on Voodoo so I could take all the TV show ones we actually liked in all our, and like create my own TV Christmas oh, that would be playlist. Cool. That would be really cool. That would be cool. Okay, our next Christmas episode of Home Improvement comes from the following season, season four, and it's episode 11, Some Like It Hot Rod. This one aired on December 6th of 1994. This was not my favorite. Me either. Um, Synopsis on this one. While using the garage to make scenery for Mark's school Christmas pageant, Jill accidentally leaves Tim's hot rod outside during a snowstorm, just a day before he's been asked to display it. Uh, He's not just displaying it. He's getting into a a, a, a hot rod magazine. Yeah. And I would agree with you guys. I did not like this one. Did the yep. snow it, look like did, soap to y'all, or was it just me? Yeah, it looks it like, soap, look like shave soap. soap. Mm-hmm. Which it probably was. <laughs> yeah. But probably. but I just didn't think, I don't think Jill is that stupid. Like, they tried to give her a reason for forgetting it and leaving it outside in the snow. This beautiful car. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she's that stupid, even if she was too busy with the 
pageant and got distracted. I just don't, I think that's out of character. It did seem, unless they were really just trying to amp up her being distracted. But there's one part where they've got the, the door open and you can see that it's not really like snow. It's not getting on there. They've got like everything covered in plastic. Yeah, I noticed there was some plastic. I wondered yeah. about that. Um, okay, so we open up with a tool time and it is <laughs> not one of my favorite tool time moments either. Um, so tool Benford has a new pressure washer out. And so to show how well the pressure washer works. Um, Tim spray paints Al's a gal on the side of the building and proceeds to try to use the pressure washer to clean it off to show how well it works. And guess what? It doesn't come off. No. Um, this is dated like big time. Big this time felt, dated. This one felt more, this episode, the whole episode felt more dated to me than other ones that we've done. Yeah. I don't this think one, they could do that. This this one also nice. didn't feel as Christmassy. This no. one felt like the lead up to Christmas. It didn't have decorations out or the anything. The house wasn't was Christmassy. The the studio set wasn't Christmassy. No, it was right. like Which, it was almost like it was early December. They hadn't decorated yet, but Christmas is on the horizon, so they name drop it a few times. That's what. Yep. Right. Which might be fitting for this season because actually the following episode is also a Christmas episode. I'll be talking it about is. that one in a few minutes. So yep. that's probably exactly how they intended it. It was the lead up to Christmas. She's preparing for a pageant. It's not the pageant time yet. Um, but that's that's the bulk of our conflict in this episode is Jill stressed. And a lot of these Christmas episodes, she's taking some part in assisting with the creation of the pageant, right? Um, in previous episodes, she was, the kids were auditioning for parts in it. She was sewing costumes for it and all of that. So with this one, she's painting like the set and she thinks she's going to have a lot of help and she's running out of time, but everybody has something to do or they've made up something to do to get out of having to actually help her paint the set. And so she's super stressed and has the set in the garage and wants to move the hot rod out because she doesn't want to get paint on it. She wants to be able to maneuver. And what do you know? Snowstorm comes up. A blizzard comes up. I don't know how a blizzard unexpectedly comes up, by the way. Especially where they live. Right. Especially where they live. Like, wouldn't they know this is going to happen? Um, And she didn't cover the car. She didn't think about it. And so it gets snow all over this hot rod. All inside of it because it's a convertible, right? It's all the, all yes. the, all the top is down. And the, the way it, Tim it acts, magically, oh, they magically get it back in the garage with all of the snow inside of it in perfect, intact. And the way Tim <laughs> asks, you would think she ran over his puppy. Right. Which is he this, does love this hot rod. Um, and, and we're set up episodes before this, like a whole season's worth or whatever, where he's fixing it up and he gets it ready. So like he has an attachment to the hot rod, but we get a little marital strife here that we don't see this serious in many episodes. We'll see kind of the little bickering cute stuff, but they get into like a fight because she's saying it's your fault because I asked you to take it out. And if you'd taken it out, you would put the cover on it and you didn't take it out. So I had to do it and I'm stressed. And so... I forgot. And 
he's saying it is your fault because you did it anyway, back and forth, back and forth. So they're in a bit of a tizzy because he has just returned from a really fun Christmas party with a hot rod guy. And this hot rod guy is saying, let me come out and take a look at your hot rod, take some pictures. You might end up in the magazine. Super exciting. So what happens now is we get not a Tim and Wilson moment. We get a Jill and Wilson, Jill and Wilson moment. moment. And, and I like I the Jill and say, Wilson moment. I like that too. This is the first one we've seen in a Christmas episode. Well, it happens a few times throughout the series as a whole. And I love these moments because I feel like where Tim is clearly Wilson's intellectual uh, inferior, Jill is more equal playing ground with Wilson. So their conversations are a little more stimulating. Absolutely. That's right. A lot, lot less confusion. Yep. Yeah, a lot. And she is just psychoanalyzing the situation left, right, up, and down. Um, it was a few episodes ago that he dropped the beam on her nomad. And <laughs> she even gets into that a little bit. Like, am I doing this? Was a subconscious decision for me to leave his hot rod out in the snowstorm that I didn't even know was coming as payback and retribution for what he did to my nomad? Um, and I so love it's funny. Just because, you, just because you brought that up, can I mention a quote I really like? Yeah. Is it with her and Brad? No, it's her and Wilson. This is during okay. their talk. Wilson's talking, says to her, well, Jill, that's an interesting theory, but I'm sure that you leaving the car out was just an accident. And Jill says, yeah, but you know what Freud said? There are no accidents. And Jill and Wilson says, well, obviously Freud never watched Tool Time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quote along the same lines when she's like, how could I have done something so stupid? And Brad says something along the lines of, they say when you're married to somebody long enough, you start acting like them. <laughs> <laughs> So remind me because I can't remember. Um, does she doesn't she go back to school at some point? Yes. Okay, and she goes back specifically for what psychology? Psychology. psychology. Yep. Okay, it was familiar in my brain, but I needed it confirmed. So thanks for that. So yeah, she's definitely using what she's learning, and that comes up in the next episode as well. Um, but it it is funny to me how different a Jill and Wilson talk is versus a Tim and Wilson talk. <laughs> But Wilson ends up just basically saying, I think you're overanalyzing what essentially is you passing blame off when it's your fault, you know? So what? It's your fault. Just fess up to it. And so that gets her thinking. And we we move to Tim and Al. He's called Alan to help him dry the car out and get it as ready as possible for the next morning when the hot rod guy is supposed to show up. And so we get a few funny moments with them drying stuff out. And then they come inside, share a sandwich, which I thought was cute. I mean, we really started, it was a season four, season three that we really started to get like quality Al. Like Al became a person, not just a sidekick, right? Not just a they were kind of buddy. They were more buddies too, right? Like they, right, exactly. We see they they care for each other. At the beginning, like the first few episodes we watched, it felt like Al was like rolling his eyes and couldn't stand Tim. Mm-hmm. But we're past that at this point. Right. Um, so they fall asleep on the couch for just a minute. <laughs> Turns out the next morning comes, Tim wakes up in a bit of a panic. Al has to go home. And Tim's like, I don't want to do. So he goes out in the garage. Oh, yeah, because and- Al lives with his mother, right? That's right. <laughs> He does. 
is overbearing a bit yeah. mother. Yes. Um, <laughs> I never put it together, but is there, there are a lot of reference. There's a lot of similarities between him and Wallowitz in that regard. There is. Yep. There is I a lot. didn't put that together either. That's funny. Um, so Tim goes out into the garage, just stressed about what's going to happen. And the hot rod looks pristine because Jill stayed up or Jill got up in the middle of the night, saw them asleep on the couch and said, I'm going to finish this. And the reason why she was so dedicated to finishing it was because it was her fault. And Tim gets a little laugh and what did you say? Can you say that one more time? And she basically <laughs> says, don't press your luck, buddy. But there, everything's right in the Taylor house again. And we don't see it happen, but um, the guy comes out and he really loves the hot rod. And we find out the hot rod will be put in the magazine. And so, and you know how much there. Christmas is in this episode? The background in the back of the hot rod. That's how much Christmas is in it. Half yeah. of a painted set. That's um, it. <laughs> I didn't like the, I didn't like this one as much. Also, I didn't like their dependence on Freud. I'm not a big fan of Freud. I'm much more a fan of Jungian psychology. Do you ever think about how hot Freud's mom must have been? <laughs> uh, my real problems with him are his 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 views of the unconscious, like the stuff that Jill's quoting here. It's like very negative, very like so, we're carnally bad. So <laughs> fundamentally, yeah, you like go Freud. In, if you want to go to what <laughs> <laughs> you do. I'm messing with you, Tom. I, I, I do I, want. I, I see a Patreon. I see a Patreon episode here. If we're going to go into, <laughs> we can be but, woefully out of our depth and not let that stop us at all. <laughs> <laughs> I did find it very funny, despite the fact there's hardly any Christmas in this. I did love when Tim sees that Jill fixed the car and everything, and he says, "This is the best thing you could give me." And Jill says, I gave you three boys. And Tim's like, but none of them came out this clean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's really the only quote I have. I read my Wilson one earlier. This one, though, did not have a lioness moment either. It had a moment, again, a moment of self-reflection, but nothing about what Christmas is truly about. Right. Yeah, not a Linus moment. Uh, so then what do we rank this one? You know, like I said, it's not just the Christmas aspect. I legitimately don't like this episode. Like, mm -hmm. I just I don't like the way that they position the characters. I'm going a one. And that's because a frozen moment from last week, I gave a two. And that one was Christmassy. I just didn't like the episode. So this mm -hmm. one I didn't like. And it really had no Christmas. I'm ranking it 1.1. I'm going to go with a two. I'm going to go with a two. So that gives us a 1.67. We went from so high to so, so low. low. <laughs> I wonder what we all think of the next one. We shall see. Uh, okay, next episode, and the last one for this evening, but not the last one on our home improvement journey. Join us in a few weeks for the conclusion to our home improvement Christmas episodes. But we are covering the following episode to the one we just talked about, season four, episode 12, Twas the Night Before Chaos. Um, and this one, quick little synopsis. When Jill's parents come for a visit for Christmas, her mother complains that Jill's father just wants to spend his retirement sitting around the house. We have, before we get into the episode, a few guest stars to mention with this one. Somebody um, we who we've covered before, too. That's in another right. vehicle. That's yep. right. Um, 
first we see um, Tim's brother and sister-in-law pop up more later on in the series, but I don't know if it's the first time we see him, but as far as Christmas goes, it's the first time we see him. So playing Marty Taylor is William O'Leary and playing Nancy O'Taylor is Jensen Daggett. Um, You don't see a ton of them in this episode, but you do down the line in home improvement. So if you're a home improvement fan, you know, these characters, but Jill's parents are in the mix as well. It is a Christmas episode. This really does feel Christmassy when you have a bunch of family in your house. Um, And with dysfunction, that's right. (laughs) Um, Playing Lillian Patterson, Jill's mom is Polly holiday, which it's like one of the best names ever. Perfect name. Yeah. It's a Polly holiday with you. Um, So (laughs) she apparently was in Gremlins. So we have covered her. She was Ruby Deagle, just much, much younger. Oh, was Ruby Deagle the one who came into the bank who the dog bit and she wanted to like. Oh, the whole horrible old woman. Yes. Is that who she was? I think she was. Um, She was also in 1998's The Parent Trap. Um which I feel like we've talked about. She was in Mrs. Doubtfire. She was in the original The The Equalizer. (gasps) Oh, Uh, that's where I knew her from. Mrs. Doubtfire. She was a social worker who came and surprised him and he shoved his head in the pie. (laughs) 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 I freaking love that movie. Um, (laughs) That's so funny. She had... um, she was on an episode of The Golden Girls, um, 1986's Amazing Stories, Steven Spielberg TV type vehicle. Uh, she was in the TV series Private Benjamin. You also may have seen her in All the President's Men in 1976, one of my favorite movies. That's a great movie. Great I like movie. most of them. All the President's Men? No, most of the President's Men. You like most of All the President's Men? I like most of the most of the president's men and all of the <laughs> there's that one so president's man that just doesn't do it for me <laughs> have I beat this dead horse or should I keep going no you're good um so that's Jill's mom Jill's dad is played by M Emmett Walsh he's Colonel Fred Patterson and M Emmett Walsh where have we seen him before Christmas with the cranks. the cranks. He was the dance neighbor. The neighbor across the street that That's Tim right. couldn't get along with. Not Tim, but uh, yeah, Tim. Un- until the very yeah. end. When he when gave he... him the trip to the on the cruise. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Even then they didn't get along, though. He still called them a name, remember? Yeah. But that was more in, in, think, in uh, love. Affection, yeah. yeah. I, was, I thought it was kind Which... of funny to see him pop up knowing who yeah. that they were going to do something again. Well, and in Home Improvement, he never calls him by his name. He calls him that guy or you or and kind of that standard, you know, father of the bride and how they refer to the imposter man that comes in and steals their daughter from them. Um, I get that. So he he's freshly retired and he was uh, what branch of the military was it? Definitely not the Navy. Army. He was army. Okay. That's why he likes Patton so much. That's why he love he worships Patton and only watches Patton the whole time he's at their house. <laughs> That's all he does, apparently, because Jill's mom is fit to be tied. That all he does is watches Patton all day, every day. Which that's just awful. <laughs> but that anyway. Awful. So we get our dysfunctional family Christmas. Um, not so much with Tim's 
brother. Um, their whole thing is they've got these two baby twins that poop all the time and, and it's just a hot mess with babies. So different kind of dysfunctional there. The real they're dysfunction, just periphery, right? They're, right. They're not really adding anything to this. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know why they're here. Right. The, the <laughs> episode would have been the same the if they didn't bring them in. Yeah, it would have been totally the same. Um, but Jill, who has promised not to interfere with her parents' business, promptly interferes with her parents' business like the minute they get there. And she's like, this bickering that they're doing is different. It's not like the normal bickering that they've always done. It's different since my dad retired. So her mom is just hardcore she goes complaining. promptly furried on their butts. She does. <laughs> and what does her mom say? I don't think taking one class like qualifies you to psychoanalyze me and my husband or something like that. She makes some comment about it. Yeah. In her, but, in her defense, have you ever been around a psych 101 student? Yes. Uh, yeah. They're pretty insufferable human beings. <laughs> so Jill's parents are fighting and Tim's approach is just leave it alone. Just like, don't get in the middle. Just leave it alone. And Jill tries that initially, but then she just cannot help herself. She even talks to Wilson or doesn't she talk to Wilson or does Tim talk to Wilson? I think Tim talks to Wilson, doesn't it? I think Tim talks to Wilson. Tim talks to Wilson about the problems. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, but she does too, right? I don't know. There's nothing he come down the ladder and Jill's like, never mind. I'll go talk to Wilson about. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But we've I can't got remember the, we've what got, Wilson even says. We've got the uh, the whole Tim still trying to compete with Doc, Doc. Johnson. Yeah, and that's our other storyline. Is It's once again Christmas Eve, and he's once again decorating for Christmas inexplicably. Um, so Jill tries to help the situation and ends up hurting the situation. Tim, and I loved this, even though this is not one of my favorite episodes, um, Tim steps in in a very Tim way towards the end of the episode. And basically tricks the colonel into helping him with this light competition by razzing him about the Navy, <laughs> saying that, Doc Johnson's saying Navy. the doctor's a uh, yeah, Navy guy, which who knows if he really is or not. Um, that gets the colonel up on the roof and Tim gently, but in a very good manner, basically says, so what have you been doing, colonel? You used to lead all these men and now I've heard you just sit at home. You know, and so he inspires them to get off his rear end and that gives the colonel a change of heart. They come down off the roof after setting everything up, which we don't get to see until the end of the episode. And the colonel basically apologizes to his wife and says, let's travel. And she's like, bonus, let's travel. Um, you know, so, this is his last, his last appearance. Is, this is it really? He dies later. Yes. He dies oh. an episode after after this the character or the human the colonel no the colonel's still the the, the, the person's still alive Christmas with the cranks the oh, person's that, that still alive after. that's right yeah well i didn't know person, that born in 1935 and he's still alive kicking Dang. you know these years later but i uh, know he awesome. uh he died in the episode of taps but gotta oh. be depressing as an actor when you start getting the role of the dying parent like, yeah when you hit that age dealing with mortality and now you're just the parent they bring on to die i think we talked about though that this guy is one of those guys that's just always looked old he always. has always looked old <laughs> yeah um 
So where are we? We end the episode. We end the episode on the big reveal of the light show that they worked on. And it's quite the, quite the thing, right? Doc can't steal it because they just show everything at the last moment. Isn't that this one? Or is that the last one? That's this one. That's this one. Yeah, because yeah, they do one. the manger that pops up because Tim was trying to get one of the twins to actually be a baby Jesus. And they're like, uh, no. On the roof. That's right. On the roof. <laughs> so we have a little funness at the end. But, I mean, most of the episode is consumed by the whole parent drama. So did we like this one? This one felt Christmassy. I didn't really like the story, though. Like yeah, you said, same. it felt Christmassy because they had actual extended family there. Like the mm-hmm. house was full. Uh, the decorations, as always, looked very nice. But the mm-hmm. plot itself kind of brought the proceedings down. It did. They were very bickery. Like, they were bickery. Just mean to each other. And it wasn't like, I think they could have gone with like a grumpier old man. Not that they, they were married, obviously. Not that Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon were married. But they could have gone with more of that vibe where there's some, some fun behind it, right? Yeah. But nope, they just decided to be plain out mean. Yeah, they were just mean. I do have a very funny Al quote, though. What is it? And Al says, Merry Christmas. You know, Christmas always reminds me of my childhood. I used to build a snowman every year. I used a carrot for its nose, cookies for its eyes, licorice for its smile. And Tim says... That's a great story, Al. Unfortunately, Al's mom usually ate the snowman. And Al says, one year she used a carrot to make coleslaw. <laughs> it is like Wallowitz and his mom. Yep, it is. It is. Do we ever meet Al's mom? I can't remember. I don't think so. I think she's always faceless. Yeah. Just like Wallow. Such a good comparison. Never thought about that. Yeah, there are not uh, a ton of quotes in this one for me. Um, I like when Tim is talking about how he just needs a baby for the manger and he looks at Nancy's twins and Nancy's like, he wouldn't really. And Jill's like, he would, but we're not going to let him. And Tim's like, it's not like you don't have one to spare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really all I have. There weren't a lot of quotes on that one for me. Was there a proper Linus moment in this one? Yeah, the colonel had one and so did Jill. I think Jill had to realize that she can't fix her parents. And the colonel realized he still has still got more to go. He's still got more life to live. Did Christmas have anything to do with that, though? I'm just curious. Dropping some truth bombs on Tom here. I'm thinking. If you have to think this long, it's a stretch. It is a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, that's where I am with this one. Is it, It's a bit of a stretch, which I don't love the episode. But I feel like they could have done more to inject Christmas into the change of heart. But it just felt like two people arguing and then making up with a Christmas tree in the same room. It's a, it's a Jimmy World moment. What does that mean? Uh, the song Big Casino has the lyric, uh, there's still some living left when your prime come and goes, comes and goes. Ooh. So I'd say it's got a Jimmy World moment. Okay, let's go with that. Not a Linus moment, but a Jimmy World moment. What about you, Anthony? Does this have a Jimmy World moment to you? I <laughs> the mean, lightest moment a, to you? It has a moment of reflection, but no. Uh... Can we just call it a Jimmy World moment? I mean, literally, that's the <laughs> line from Big Casino. Fine. It's a Jimmy Eat World moment. <laughs> nice shirt, Tom. Thank you. Jimmy Eat World shirt. Love it. Okay, where do we rank it then? I am giving this one a 
three. <gasps> I don't think that was in sync, but if it was, that's amazing. I hope it was. I'm excited. I'm going to go 3.2. Uh, she has us a 3.067. Twas a blight before Christmas is so far top home improvement episode. Then last week's You'll Better Watch Out with 8.83. And then we have a steep drop to I'm Scheming of a White Christmas with an average of four. And then Twas the Night Before Chaos with 3.067. Then A Frozen Moment with 2.5. And then Some Like It Hot Rod at 1.67. So we'll see how that list shakes out when we finish the home improvement series in a few weeks. So where Anthony can people go to weigh in on if they liked these home improvement episodes? Well, they can do that. Any of our social media platforms, which they can reach by going to www.tisapodcast.com slash insert your preferred choice of social media here. That could be Facebook, Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. We love to hear from y'all. Facebook group in particular is pretty active. I have a feeling social media in general is going to get a little more active in the coming days due to something Tom is going to announce, I'm sure, by episode's end. And if you want bonus content, including a brand new episode on Leprechaun, the horror movie Leprechaun, which me, Tom, and President Hot Dog talked, or the upcoming WandaVision episode, which we're doing with a bunch of other Christmas podcast hosts. Where can they find that, Tom? You can find that on Patreon, and you can go to tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon and get access to a lot of our content, including some, including some cool new swag we have in the works and though we're not dropping what the swag is i do want to tell you that you can in fact be the first recipient of it you want to know how anybody yeah. interested? we have launched the christmas the tis the podcast christmas movie madness bracket you can uh, go to all of our social media and um, you can go to tis the podcast.com slash bracket and you can download that bracket it's a pdf fill it out send it back to us and we will be taking votes over the next couple of weeks, eliminating down until there's only one movie left as the best move. Whoever gets the most points using the traditional bracket point system will win our cool new swag coming uh, early this summer. That's so exciting. And I, I do want to stress, we came up with these brackets. It's our list. We didn't just choose random movies we haven't done yet, but it's, it's all movies top, we've covered so far. It's the top 64 <laughs> movies that we've covered so far. So all of y'all have problems with our list? Well, now you can weigh in and tell us <laughs> what deserves to be ranked high and what doesn't. We have two new patrons that we want to welcome. Uh, Nina Kongsdal Rasmussen joined us on patrons. So sorry if I butchered your name, Nina, but welcome to the group. And then Mark Lax also joined us on patron as well. So always loving new people and we will get your swag to you based on the level you've given at um just email us with your mailing addresses by mark lax do you mean the lit for christmas mark lax a new christmas podcast i do mark lax needs to come on our episode come on and do an episode we need to do something that has a um yeah he'll need to come on for a christmas carol because we know we have plenty more of those to cover needs to come over something that involves alcohol um and if you want 
bonus to the podcast episodes in your main feed throughout 2021 check out the thursday bonus episodes in which a listener or a christmas podcast host or one of us three l's will read to you a chapter of another christmas story uh this past week craig brewer who has an amazing voice of mm-hmm. weird christmas read chapter eight to y'all and this upcoming week Ron Hogan, President Hot Dog is reading chapter 9 to y'all and he does the most amazing slash offensive New York accent you will ever hear so (laughs) (laughs) so I'm excited for y'all to hear that so check it out tune in for that one (laughs) (laughs) so next week we are going to be covering the two Alf Christmas episodes that exist. Oh, Tannerbaum and Alf's special Christmas. So definitely one, join us for those. One of which, the latter of which is a, an hour long and the much more infamous one. So I can't wait to talk that one. <laughs> then we're going to wrap up Home Improvement after that, right, Julia? We are. So the following week, it's going to be the final three Home Improvement Christmas episodes. If you want to get a jump start on those, you can watch those Home Improvement episodes. Twas the Flight Before Christmas, Bright Christmas, and Home for the Holidays. Those three episodes will conclude our TV month. Longer than a month. TV run. <laughs> and then we're I'm back to Julia's that, favorite, oh. which is ranking movies on our list every week. Back to um, ranking. I do just want to throw it out there. We only have seven weeks, and then we get to then we get to Vicar of Dibley. <laughs> You're so excited about that. <laughs> so excited. Uh, <laughs> and I just want to, I just want to throw out. We only have four weeks until we get a cover. Make the return journey to Rankin Bassland and cover the little drummer boy. Why did you do that to me? There's only six thousand five hundred twenty-eight hours till Christmas. That's two hundred and seventy-two days. That's 38 weeks. So exciting because in two weeks, two and a half weeks from when you're listening to this, the Hallmark Dream Book comes out, which will have all the 2021 ornaments in it already. Our first big Christmas milestone. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I thought our first big Christmas milestone was the first episode of Tis the Podcast this this year. Bye. Darling, when it's cold outside And I can see the snowflakes falling I'm staring at the Christmas lights And counting down to when you're calling Got the gifts in the tree Got the cards that I found Ones you wrote me saying Santa Claus is coming to town Everywhere you look is